Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Today I am joined by Laura Vanderkam, an expert in time management and productivity. Laura is the author of several time management books, including Juliet's School of Possibilities, Off the Clock, and I Know How She Does It. She hosts the Every Weekday Morning Podcast Before Breakfast and co-hosts the podcast Best of Both Worlds. Laura lives outside Philadelphia with her husband and four children. Wow, Laura, I'm exhausted just reading all this. Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Um, Laura, I know that you attended Princeton University, and I would love to know the journey that from graduating from Princeton into what you are really an expert in time management. Um, And there's so many people that are listening or that I run into daily that are struggling with time management. How did you become such a time management expert, and what was that journey? Yeah, well, I don't know that I was a time management expert while a student at Princeton. Um, I think I probably wasted a lot of time, and I actually I still do. Uh, it, it's it's not necessarily about that, or even always being on time everywhere. Uh, but I've I'm fascinated by the topic of time because it turns out we all have the same amount of time. There are many other attributes that people have vastly different amounts of, but time is fundamentally democratic. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. And so whenever you find people who are doing amazing things in their lives, both professionally and personally, it's not because they have more time than anyone else. It's because they're allocating their hours in interesting ways that the rest of us can learn from. And so I've been fascinated by that concept. I worked as a journalist for a little while after college, um, went out on my own doing a lot of freelancing at some point in there. And, you know, as you write articles for different places, people often say, you know, writing a book is the next step. So I was casting about for different topics and Um, I wrote a series of articles on time management and time-related topics and got a lot of good feedback from that and realized I was interested in the topic. Other people were interested in reading it. So wrote 168 hours, and once you write one book on a topic, you kind of become known for that. So that's uh, where this has come from. I've been thrilled to do many of my own time diary projects, having huge numbers of people track their time to add to the data sets that we have out there already. Wow. And, you know, I was intrigued um, by your suggestion that we create a list of 100 dreams. Um, Can you explain what that is and why that is so important? Yeah, so this was a great exercise that was shared with me by a career coach named Caroline Siniza Levine, and I interviewed her for my book, 168 Hours. And it's basically an unedited list of anything you might want to spend more time doing in your life. You know, these are goals you have that might require putting more time into or sort of long-term things you would like to spend time doing. It can be travel goals, be sort of goals for your health, for your job, for things you do with your family, hobbies, whatever it happens to be. Uh, The good news about going all the way to 100 is that it's challenging. Like, you know, the first third is pretty easy because people want to travel more. So it's like the 33 countries they want to visit. But after that, it gets a lot harder. 
And so by, you have to come back to this list many times. You have to keep thinking about it. By the time you get to 100, you're, you're really pushing it. But this gets your brain focused on ideas of things that would be cool to do with your time. Because many of us actually don't spend that much time thinking about that question. I think a lot of us walk around with a story that, well, I, I don't have any time. I have no time. I have no free time. I have nothing. You know, I'm, I'm so busy. And so when you have this story and some free time appears in your life, because everybody has some discretionary time, you do whatever is easiest, whatever's right in front of you. And for many people, that winds up being things like watching television or surfing the web, just puttering around the house. Whereas if you know all these things you might like to spend time doing, you can start pulling things from this list. And it just gives a lot more direction to your time. Uh, and, and the other good thing about it is when you start filling your time with really cool, interesting things, all the stuff that you don't want to do just naturally takes less time. Well, Laura, I'm feeling inspired. I keep visualizing a nice warm cup of tea, sitting on my couch, maybe heading down to the beach, looking at the water and starting my list. So you've got me, you've got me motivated. <laughs> um, I know that you have four children and you've written now several books and you do a podcast. And from what our listeners can hear and what I'm listening to, you're very proficient at um, an expert in, in time management. You're also very humble by telling us you're not that um, that expert, but we, we are hearing differently. Can you tell us personally, um, how do you manage your time? How do you, as a mom of four, and, and when we talked, your children are not grown yet. You are really in the thick of, of busyness, of sports, of school, of, of you name it. So can you, can you tell us, because you sound... Um, so calm and um, so uh, efficient. Um, maybe that's uh, maybe one of your gifts, but can you tell us how you're doing that? <laughs> what's, what's my secret? Now, I don't know. I think I really, um, part of the upside of what I do professionally is that I really pay attention to time. And we live our lives in hours. And so having a good life is about thinking through how you wish to spend your hours. Um, so I keep track of my time. I've actually been logging my time continuously for over four years in half hour blocks, which nobody else needs to do. I'll say that right now. Um, though I would suggest <laughs> that your listeners uh, try tracking their time for a week. It's, it's a good exercise just to see where the time really goes. Um, but I've, I've developed this real mind, uh, you know, awareness of, of where my time goes, which allows me to then say, well, do I like it? Do I not like it? What do I want to change? Um, one other thing that I do is I am um, very faithful to this Friday afternoon planning practice. So every Friday afternoon, I take a few moments and I think about the upcoming week. And I ask myself, well, what do I want to do with my time over the next week? What do I want to do professionally? What do I want to do personally? I also look at what is already on my calendar and figure out if that stuff is good for me to be doing, um, you know, if, or if there's things that I need to do to um, make the most of things that are on my calendar for the next week. And so I plot out the upcoming week and making sure that I'm putting in both professional priorities and personal priorities, um, thinking through what could go wrong. And I find that by doing that, I vastly increase the chances that I make progress toward my long-term goals because time keeps passing whether you think about how you're spending it or not. And so it is incredibly easy to spend time mindlessly, but by taking that moment um, to pause and look at the time that is coming up, you can start to direct it a bit more. And, and that sense of agency is incredibly powerful. 
You know, Laura, I cannot agree with you more. I have the electronic calendar and I have it on my phone and on my iPad, but there's something so um, beneficial about, um, I always do it on Sunday night where I sit down and I say, okay, let me just write out my week. And it goes right down to the hour, you know, hour by hour each day. Um, and it's refreshing. I feel maybe more in control of um, my destiny for the next few days. And what the the weeks that I haven't done that, I really see a difference. So I, I can't um, thank you enough for sharing those ideas because I, I have to agree with you. Um, each time that we ask a guest to join us, we always um, end with asking them to um, summarize like maybe one or two or even three really good um, time-saving tips in your case to our listeners of what they could be doing. They're driving in the car today. They're probably listening to this saying, you know, this has been a goal of mine, but where do I start? Where do I begin? Um, how do I know I'm doing this right? Can you just uh, maybe give us what, what you would say your top three would be? Well, number one is to try tracking your time um, for a few days or ideally a week because if you don't know where the time is going now, and people say they want to spend their time better, but if you don't know where the time is going now, how do you know if you're changing the right thing? I mean, it could be something you think was a problem, isn't. It could be something you've not considered is taking way more time than you imagined. Like any other decision, like a business decision, an investment decision, you want to make sure you're working from good data. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, another strategy that I think is, is really important is to um, build in open space. And you, you mentioned that you plan out every hour, and that's awesome, but I hope some of those hours include open <laughs> because right. the upside of right. leaving open space is that when things go wrong, then you have space to absorb it, or, or better, if things go right, you have space to take advantage of these new opportunities. You know, a new client wants to talk or an old friend calls. Like, it's really awesome to be able to linger in those conversations. And the only way you can do that is if you have open space. Um, so I encourage people to limit your list for any given day. Um, people sort of overestimate what they can do in the short term, um, which is why we sort of pack our days with, with too much stuff and then we don't get to it and then we feel bad and that's a problem. But we can underestimate what we can do in the long run if you just make short, small steps every day. Um, so just keep your list limited for any given day, build in open space and you'll find an amazing sense of progress. You know, you're right. I do do it by the hour and I do leave space, but you know, I'm listening to you and not enough. So that's my goal for the week. So <laughs> that's, you should so, always leave more. So, Whatever you think you so can you, do. <laughs> Well, that, that's, that's the gift you've given me um, for the week. I, I think I am going to leave a little bit more and feel good about it. And I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this is inspirational, but I also want to encourage our listeners. I understand you have a blog. It's lauravanderkam.com, and um, they really should um, jump on and, and kind of join your blog because I just from the small amount of time that we've spent together today, I certainly am going um, to, to – to look into your blog and follow you. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.